Welcome to episode one of the Church Tech 101 podcast. I'm Tim Hartman, and um, it's nice to meet you. And I just wanted to chat a little bit today about what will the podcast be about? Um, what are kind of the goals? Maybe that's the right word. And then tell you a little bit about how I got started in this whole crazy mess and what God is doing in my life. So to start off, um, I think I'll preface this by saying I really wanted to do a podcast for a while, and I, you know, I bought all the mics, I had all the stuff, <laughs> and I just felt like, uh, I don't know, do I really need, does the world really need another church tech podcast? Um, and now I think, yes, yes, it does. <laughs> um, and so I thought... Somehow it seemed like the right time to kind of launch this. I want to kick it off by saying my heart, my goal is to help small churches. I was reading um, statistics for 2023. I can't remember who published them, but 68% of churches as of 2023 are less than 100 members. And that means that, you know, your church sound tech is a volunteer or the pastor, uh, or maybe if you're a little closer to that hundred number or a little beyond it, the assistant pastor. And, you know, they didn't go to school for this stuff. They're just kind of winging it. They're hoping that YouTube doesn't steer them wrong. Um, they just want to figure it out. What do I do? How does this work? <laughs> and so that's my goal. Um, and that's why I chose the name Church Tech 101. Because we're going to talk about basic stuff. We're not going to get into complex stuff. There are already a lot of guys who can walk you through that. But I think there are a lot of guys in the church tech world that think it's not worth their time to talk about the easy stuff. And I entirely disagree. So, well, let's talk about the types of episodes I wanted to do. Um, and I know this is episode one, but, you know, things don't always happen in order. So the first one, I've already done one, which is an interview episode, uh, and I will try to find people that I think can add to the conversation something of value for you and provoke some thought. And so those will probably be more maybe philosophical, sometimes technical. They just will be what they will be. Then I want to do some how-to episodes, you know, some tips or basic things like, hey, if you did this, um, this could solve your problem or don't do this. This is a disaster. <laughs> and so I want to do a couple of those type of episodes around a theme or a particular issue, or sometimes just a question that I get because I do get quite a bit of question, um, coming in email, text or whatever pastors will send me something and go, Hey, um, well, what about this? Um, so I hope to take that and put it into an episode because my guess is that if somebody is asking it, to me, there are probably s several more people who are asking it, but they don't know who to ask it, if that makes sense. Or they don't know what question to ask. And then I want to talk a little about volunteers and tech team dynamics, because without them, nothing happens. You got to have somebody back there to push the button, to launch the live stream, to turn the mics on and off. And what should you look for? Um, what should you be aware of? 
what can you do to help your tech team succeed? Um, I think those are all things that we're going to talk about. And maybe a couple episodes that are philosophical. Um, what is the purpose of your tech ministry? I feel that a lot of churches are streaming and they can't really articulate to me, why are we streaming? Or if I ask them something like, what is the purpose of your tech ministry? I'll get an answer like, to turn the mics on and off. And I think having deeper purpose to that and letting your team know about it, um, it helps them have a path uh, when they come somewhere and they go, I don't know what we do here. They can think about, well, what's our what's our philosophy? What does our leadership want us to do? Why are we here? And I think that's helpful. So the uncomfortable part of this, for me anyway, it's talking about me. But I feel like I want you to understand where I'm coming from and where God has brought me from, if that makes sense. I got started in church sound when I was probably about 16 years old. We'd moved to a new church. It was the first time I'd been in a church that had a proper PA system, sound system. And um, so somehow, and I don't remember how that happened, I ended up volunteering in the back, maybe because I was hanging around. And they kind of took that as a hint. Look, this guy won't go away. <laughs> maybe we could use him. Um, and man, it seems so long ago, but it was, you know, the mid nineties. Um, our sound system was behind the platform. It wasn't even in the room. It wasn't up in a big room with a little window or whatever. Um, it was behind the platform. We were meeting in an old, uh, well, the building that we owned was an old school. And so the gym was the auditorium. And then the stage that they used for plays or assemblies or whatever, um, that was the choir loft. And then I was in the backstage part of that around the corner. So I would turn the mics on and off and I would start the cassette um, recording of pastor's sermon. And then sometimes I would duplicate um, copies of that cassette for people who wanted a copy. Um, and then I remember pastor decided, hey, it's time to upgrade the sound system. We did quite a big upgrade. We moved the booth to the back of the auditorium. We ran um, a lot of wire. Um, we relocated the speakers from the kind of outside corners to the middle. And so pastor hired a guy to come in and do that. And I was there every single day of that install. And I'm sure I asked him <laughs> a million questions and he patiently answered them. And at the end of the week, um, he brought me a book, um, which I still have to this day. It was called Guide to Sound Systems for Worship, and it was published by Yamaha. And um, I still have that book. I'm looking at it right now. And um, I read that thing cover to cover. I was so excited. I didn't understand all of it, but I still read it all. Um, and I started learning. And it was probably when I was 17, I went off to teen camp. And I had big plans, you know, I thought, man, I'm going to be in the sound industry and I'm going to be a sound guy and I'm going to do this professionally, etc., etc. And God spoke to me at team camp and he said, will you give this up for me? And man, it, you know, it's, it was the new thing, the new shiny thing. And I said, 
okay. And I went off to Pensacola Christian College. I did my degree in missions, my undergraduate degree, and then I felt the Lord was calling me on to seminary, and I did a Master of Divinity degree at, at uh, Pensacola Theological Seminary. And um, so I thought, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go church planting. That must be the thing that I'm going to do. And so I got married. We moved to Colorado, um, and doors just didn't open. And I remember thinking, Lord, what are you doing? I thought, you know, this was what we were supposed to do. And I ended up working for Dish Network um, in Cheyenne. We were still living in Colorado. And uh, I would drive up there to work every day. I worked in tech ops for two years, and then I moved over to engineering and worked in Dish Network engineering for eight years. And while I was there, we had gone, the wife and I went to a uh, music seminar. It was, I think it was called Music Colorado. It was put on by Majesty Music. So we went, we sang in the choir, we went to the sessions. We really enjoyed it. But I came back one night, and I was just feeling the burden that I wanted the Lord, the Lord wanted me rather to go help churches with their sound systems. And so I said that to my wife, I said, I, I just really feel that I want to go help churches with their sound. That's my goal. And she said, let's start doing it. And when I think when she was on board, I felt God had given that back to me, but he had given it back to me with purpose. And so part-time, we started, uh, you know, taking on projects. We did um, a couple friends' churches. Um, things got busier and busier. Um, and then in 2020, it just got to a point where I was so busy doing church sound projects that work was getting in the way. And so I started my company full-time in 2020. It was part-time up until then. It had a name and everything. So Proclaim Audio Video became a full-time endeavor. And that's been scary. There have been, there have been times when I didn't have work, and there have been times when I was just flooded. Um, it's quite a learning curve. But it has been a blessing. I have been blessed to work with so many churches to help them out to provide a tool that they can use for ministry. And I've also gotten involved in a couple of different camps. We have a camp that we've kind of adopted. So if they have any AV needs, uh, we take care of that. We don't charge them anything. Sometimes they will purchase equipment, but we never charge them for time or installation or expertise or questions. Or if they need something, they'll call me and I'll just send it to them. Um, and so... We really enjoy doing that. As a family, we'll go up and help get ready for camp, um, even if it's not technical things, but most of the time it is. <laughs> and so that's kind of where I'm coming from. That is my heart, is to help small churches. I was really frustrated with a couple of times um, in my life when our church went through a sound upgrade with a big um, secular sound company. And, you know, once the project was done, I felt like there was no follow-up. There was no 
the training was kind of lackluster. It was, you know, hey, we'll be there for, with you for one service. And um, after that, good luck. There weren't people that you could call or ask questions. Um, and then I felt like we got sold a lot of stuff that we didn't need. Um, or if there were problems, they just weren't willing to come back 